What's up, you guys? Steven Mielhausen here, combat sports writer for Sporting News and The Zone. It is Tuesday, December the 15th, 2020. The host of the Walkway to Fight Club, the podcast is back, bigger, better, stronger than ever. If you guys have not noticed, the podcast was on a siesta. Nothing on Daryl Rivera's on. It's not his fault. Daryl's gonna. We're gonna be still doing recaps and show recaps and all that stuff, and we're gonna be banging a lot more. A lot more content's gonna be coming out. But if you guys haven't noticed since like the middle of October, it's been very chaotic in the world of combat sports and having having to juggle writing about everything going on in the world of MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling, talking to the premier wrestlers and boxers and MMA fighters in the world, then talking to managers and fighters and PR people, and it can get a little crazy and get a little hectic. And now that I've I've seen, um, I feel like I found that balance pretty good, working 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 hours a day, now I've kind of got a little bit of a good balance and we'll be podcasts will be cranking out, cranking out on the, cranking out like no one's missing. You're going to be sick and tired of the content that's going to be coming out. So but I'm, we're glad to be back a lot going on in the world of combat sports as we're nearing the end of 2020, 10 days away from Santa Claus coming down the chimney and plopping some gifts under the tree, putting stuff in the stockings. Hope all of you have been good this year. I think I've been okay. I don't think I've been too bad. You can find the pod, the Walkway to Fight Club. It's very simple. We're available on every podcasting platform. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. You can find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Walkway to Fight Club. We have a Facebook page. Just type in the Walkway to Fight Club. We're on Twitter at Walkway Fight, and the podcast is also available on Instagram just type in the Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. Before we go any further, today's podcast will be with the current reigning and defending AEW World Tag Team Champions, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, to promote their new book that just came out. And I will, I'll give full transparency before we go any further. The interview was done before... The partnership with the AEW did begin, and the partnership, not partnership, but when Sting made his debut in All Elite Wrestling. So the interview was done a couple weeks couple weeks back. I haven't had time to put it out, and I wanted to, was going to put it out last week, and then things got crazy with Anthony Joshua and coming off his scintillating ninth-round stoppage win over Kubrat Pulev, as we now inch one step closer to hopefully an undisputed heavyweight title fight between the two bruising Brits, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. But a good chat with Nick and Matt. We talk about the new book. We talk about the match they had with FTR at full gear. In my mind, the best match of the year. We'll talk about if they felt the match lived up to the hype. Is there more meat on the table? Is there more skin to be had between the uh, FTR and the Young Bucks? We talk about, I thought, a very... Very intriguing story of how Top Flight ended up in AEW. I just think that the story is amazing. So it's something I've never heard of before at all, especially in pro wrestling. I thought I had heard and seen it all in in pro wrestling. The story Nick and Matt tell about that, I think, is awesome. We talk about the book, the challenges of the book. 
because these guys had never done a book before. So I, I think the whole concept of how they came up with the book and then just the trials and tribulations of doing it, especially with everything going on in their lives during that time. But a lot going on, guys. You know, pro wrestling, we got TLC coming up on Sunday, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens for the Universal title. We got uh, AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. We got Sasha Banks and Carmella. We got Asuka and Lana against uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. You got the UFC coming off a fantastic UFC 256 with Davis and Figueredo. And Brandon Moreno just bringing it. One of the best fights of the year. Check out my article on it on DAZN.com. And just an I thought the story they told of how they got to that fight. I just, it like the backstory on it. I thought it was really cool. Of like just learning about it from those guys. I knew a little bit of how it came about, but just to kind of like what their psyche was at that time of, should we even do this? Why are we doing this? And, you know, so I think that I felt like that was a really good story, but a, a fantastic UFC 256. You had the majority draw in that main event. You had, Charles DeBron, Charles Oliveira just making, whooping Tony Ferguson's ass. Let's just be realistic about it. And I thought a fantastic performance by Tony Ferguson. And not by, I mean, Charles Oliveira. It's all very good UFC 256. Their final event is on Saturday. Jeff Neal, Wonderboy Thompson headlining. Uh, loaded for a UFC fight night. This card is stacked. Stacked, and we'll have a podcast with Jeff Neal later on this week. So, so I'll be talking to Jeff Neal, and we'll be, we'll be talking about that. And, and Jeff Neal's got a great story too. So I'm looking forward to getting that out with you guys. And so we're gonna have interviews in boxing next. I'm trying to think of how we're gonna we're gonna have a Canelo Alvarez Callum Smith preview, and a Gennady Golovkin Camille Zarameta preview. Is it def, those fights are this weekend live and exclusively? Can be streamed on the zone. 200 countries. The zone went global. And yes, it, this is not a zone sponsored podcast, but I'm proud because, you know, these politics and boxing can get awful wonky. And to be in 200 countries at a pretty good price, this isn't paying $75 for Errol Spence and Errol Spence whooping Danny Garcia or Javante Davis putting a beating on Leo Santa Cruz and seeing the Charlo brothers and this is, you're getting, and if we just be realistic, we'd be honest. I love Errol Spence. I think Errol Spence is top three pound for pound best, best fighter in the world. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Charlo brothers. Great. Best middle, best super welterweight. And one of the best middleweights in the world. You can't deny that. But no one knows I'm from a brick on the wall. Javante Davis, one of the best lightweights in the world. A big time attraction. Not worth $75. You think about what you can get. And I'll talk more about this later in the week. But if you look at what you can get for either $19.99 a month. Or $100 for the year. Going back to last weekend. You get. Just think about this and kind of. Realize the goofiness of boxing right now. You get 
Anthony Joshua, who Brad Pulev, Gennady Golovkin, Camilo Zerometa for the IBF middleweight title. The biggest star in boxing. Pound for pound king, Canelo Alvarez. Facing the best super middleweight in the world in Callum Smith for the unified super middleweight title. WB, the WBA super and the, WB, the vacant WBC. And then January 2nd, one of the rising stars in boxing. Well, already, probably, in my mind, the second biggest star in the lightweight division, Ryan Garcia, taking on Luke Campbell for the interim WBC lightweight title. You're not having to pay $19.99 for each fight, each fight card. Not $100 for each fight. $19.99 for the month and you get all four of those fights. All four of those fights, fight cards. Or $100 for the year and you're going to see Joshua again. You're going to see Canelo. You're going to see Triple G. You're going to see King Rye. And also the likes of Billy Joe Saunders. Daniel Jacobs. Jaime Munguia, Virgil Ortiz, Anthony Joshua. I said that already. Think about that. The undisputed lightweight, women's lightweight champion, Katie Taylor. The undisputed welterweight champion in the world, Jessica McCaskill. Lot on the bone. So this shows the wonkiness of boxing. It, re- you really, it really, really does. And but don't forget this weekend we'll be we'll do a Canelo Smith preview and a a Golovkin Zero Meta preview, and we'll see if we'll we finally get if they the stars are aligned here. We'll see if we get up next in the begin sometime in twenty twenty one if we get Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin if they do their thing is coming up this weekend. But on the pro wrestling side, AEW Dynamite airs every Wednesday. 8 Eastern, Cyber Central, on only on TNT. You can stream it on the TNT app as well. We talk. I talk. I talked to the AEW World Tag Team Champions. <coughs> Sorry about that. Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. We talk about a little bit everything. We talk about when they got approached for doing the book. Did they think the book, because they get approached with a lot of things. Nick and Matt are very popular guys. What were their thoughts when they got approached? And who convinced them that this is the real deal? So we'll get into that. The process of the book. How Top Flight got into AEW. How they heard of Top Flight and how how they got into AEW. Because I think that, that to me is just mind-blowing. Blows my mind away. And then also the match with FTR. You know, we, this match had been... Four years in the making, what we saw at full gear at the beginning of November. And in my mind, one of the best matches of the year. One of the best tag team matches we saw of all time. What they thought of the match. They feel, did they feel the build was a little underwhelming? That was the sentiment of a lot of pro wrestling fans. And is is there enough meat on the bone to where we can get a rematch? Because you got to think, we're going to get a rematch sometime down the line. And I think... It, to me, only makes sense. But don't forget, you can find the podcast. It's available on iTunes, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all your favorite. Amazon Music. We're on Amazon, baby. Amazon's giving us the love. And all your favorite podcasting platforms. You can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash The Walkway to Fight Club. 
podcast will also be on there and a whole lot more. But now, here is the reigning, defending, the undisputed AEW World Tag Team Champions, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Young Bucks, killing the business from backyards to the big leagues is now available online at all your favorite retailers. Did you guys, when you guys got into wrestling, and you've seen all the wrestling books, did you ever think you guys would have your own book? Because this is quite amazing. <laughs> I like to laugh. Right. <laughs> Matt, Matt likes to say uh, this all the time, but he, uh, same with me, that we never really thought we would ever have a, a career to write about. So for us to have an offer from Harper Collins to, to write a memoir on our career in life. Like we couldn't take that opportunity down. It's just, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind, especially these last two years. You know, is it something that where, when they approach you, did you do really at first? Cause you, you guys get approached with a lot of stuff I would imagine. And is it one of those where, uh, ha ha, this is a, a funny joke, who really is this on the phone? Or or did you guys take it seriously from the get-go? Uh, we've had a, a couple of book offers, but when when it was them, when it was Harper Collins, it was Day Street, and it was like a legitimate offer. Uh, I like, right, because I'm not a huge avid reader, but like my wife is, so as soon as she heard those names, she's like, no, you don't understand, this is, this is big time. And I started doing my own research, and I realized, okay, this is a real offer. And then they actually sent the offer in. And we were going through this period in our career where, you know, we were going to have all this time off. Well, that's what we thought, because we are going to start AEW. So, you know, Nick and I thought to each other, well, hey, we're going to have time off. This is the perfect opportunity to write to write a book. And we didn't realize, like, how, like, actually this was the worst time to write a book, because... <laughs> You know, creating a wrestling company in itself is is nearly impossible, especially when you're literally starting from up and there's the only employees of it. And like, it's like you're you have under ten employees. You know what I mean? I mean, and at one point when I when we were literally breathing life into this thing uh, in the very very beginning, it was me, Cody Khan, and my wife, the three of us. We were the only three individuals. Like on the phone talking about this being a reality. So like, it was literally from the ground from the ground up. And in, in, in the middle of all that, hey, you want to write a book? <laughs> so, so it was it was really crazy. But we knew that it would make for an interesting uh, an interesting story because you know even at the time of writing it. I remember thinking, like, we don't, how does, what's the ending of this book? Like, are we going to end up in the WWE? <laughs> or, or are we going to end up with this, this new project? Like, I really didn't know the ending of the book because we were writing it while this was all going down. So that right. that's what made it kind of interesting. Like, it, and it was fun to kind of relive all the other memories of our childhood and all that. But, but the real fun thing was, like, hey, I don't even know the ending to my own story yet. You know, I think that's, like, the weird thing is, like, you, you see autobiographies and you're usually – when the like you said, when the careers are over, or the the individual has passed away, so you don't really see books with guys or people in the primes of their whatever their chosen profession is. How gratifying is that for you guys, knowing you guys are right in your primes and you're getting asked to do something like this, right? Not even halfway through your prime of your career. Right, like man, it's kind of crazy actually. That because 
Matt and I probably never even thought of that until you just brought it up. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of uh, man, it's it's flattering, I guess you could say, because like you said, uh, man, this is like our second half of our career, like going on right now. So who knows? We might have a a uh, even better story to tell uh, on book number two, but. You know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, when you're so in the thick of things, you don't really think of the moment and what you have accomplished until really you you actually write it down. So writing it all down, it was pretty crazy to, to, to reflect on things and look how like bad things got and then to see how good things got. So, and, you know, it's pretty cool, though. You know what? You're right, though, too, because like so many people – only know us from AEW because they were only exposed to us as recently as, you know, a year ago when we started wrestling on, on cable television every week. So it's probably interesting for them to go back and be like, wait a minute, I just met these guys and they've already had this entire a book's worth of a career and like it, and it blows their minds because yeah. I've gotten messages like that. And I think for them, it's an, a, a new appreciation for, for the journey and, and the voyage and how we, how we kind of navigated everything and how we how we finally landed here at AEW. But yeah, it, I don't know if, you know, many wrestling books, especially uh, happen in the middle of, 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 you know, their, the person's or the, you know, the person writing the books, their hot run, because right now we're kind of in the thick of it, but like we had a whole run before this, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and obviously a good enough run that, you know, people wanted us to write a book about it. So, yeah, Nick's right. It, it, it's it's flattering that people wanted to hear about, you know, the our childhood and how we got what we did on the independence and 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 you know our time in Japan. Like, I'm I'm flattered that people felt our story was interesting enough, especially when we haven't even gotten to the end of our career yet. Maybe, maybe there will be a, a book number two. Although this was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, so maybe right. not. <laughs> we'll see. Now, I've talked. I talked to McFoley last year before the first All Out, and I remember me and him were talking about challenges of his couple books, and he had told me like the hardest thing was just making sure he hit all the important things that he wanted in there. It was one of the bigger challenges for him. What was the most challenging aspect of the book for you guys? Oh man, there's quite a few things. Uh, I could start it, man, then you could end it. I think uh, fact checking, uh, that was one thing that you don't even realize is hard because you need to make everything accurate. So just childhood stuff that no one knows but mom and dad. So we had to talk to them for hours about certain things, certain dates, just to get those little things right. Uh, just dates for matches and things like that. So thank God there's, there's a thing called Google because that helped out as well. <laughs> Uh, you could go ahead and add to that. Matt. You know what? What is so underrated that people have no idea is how hard it is to get photographs that will print right in a book, and photos that you you own, or photos that you have permission to per, to, to get permission to to use. Because I swear to God, like I would I would find these perfect photos. Like here we go. This is the the origin of the the elite in Japan, and then they'd be like. Hey, who took that photo? I'm like, I think a fan took it in Japan at the Cork and Hall. They're like, you can't use that. <laughs> like, You're like, oh. it just, 
it's like impossible. And then so I had to blow off the dust of, out of old, off of old uh, photo albums. And, you know, and then I'd have to scan those photos. But then I would have, back in the day, you know, when digital cameras were hot, I, I remember in the early 2000s, we used that for everything. And those photos are too small because they're, just, they're not big enough. So none of those worked. Like I, I had hundreds of photos from our backyard days that, that didn't even work. Um, so I had to track down old photographers. Uh, we used to have a photographer that would come to all of our shows and shoot out back in Rancho Cucamonga 20 years ago. You know what I mean? And I had to track him down. Thank God he he dug through and he found a bunch of old photos. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had, we would have had a lot of, you know, uh, representation of the backyard days in the book. Um, just, just doing that, finding all the photos and trying to represent each chapter in, in our lives. And, and it, it, that took months and months and months. So just, just a, a credit to, to anybody who's ever gone through this process. Um, you know, the other hard doubt, the, the hardest part for me personally was probably all of the revisions and all the rewrites because you like, of course I've never done this in my life. So I, I, I send in a chapter and I'm like, damn, I nailed it. That's a perfect <laughs> chapter. And then, and then I'm like, you know, four days later I get, I get this, you know, this email and there's 1,000 rewrites in <laughs> chapter one. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, that's when I realized, oh, my God, like, this is this is intense. And, and then, I, you know, you, you fix them and then you send it again. And then they send back 500 more or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I did that five or six times. It, you don't really, like, really realize truly what a difficult process it is, uh, you know, getting, getting your story written down accurately and then writing it five or six more times that that was tough you know people say writers we have a tough job and you guys got the you guys got to experience that a little bit and kind of fits you guys you guys did that we don't get a lot of credit but you guys definitely do understand where we're coming from in the writing aspect and i want to fast forward just a little bit to what's going on right now and i for a moment i wanted to talk about the match you guys had last wednesday because i thought that match with top flight was fantastic you guys announced they're officially with the company but the match reminded me of something of the match you guys were in when you guys were in TNA when you guys faced the Motor City Machine Guns. Do you guys see any similarities of that match at all? Because it, to me, there's a lot of similarities between what you had on Wednesday and what you guys had against them back in, two, I think it was like 2010. Yep. It's funny you say that because Matt and I, when we were talking to those guys about the match, uh, we brought that exact uh, story up. We're like, this is weird. It's like we're, we've switched roles with with the guns, and you guys are the young bucks. And it, it almost felt exactly in that exact way. And thank God Matt checked his Instagram messages because <laughs> those guys are great. <laughs> now, how did that match come about? You mean the, the Instagram messages? So they messaged you guys and were like, hey, we want a match, or how did that go down? Yeah. Um, Darius is the older brother, which he's—I mean, he's 21. And his brother Dante, Dante is 19, and he hit me up on Instagram. And I like—you can imagine that my Instagram messages are absolutely flooded, especially yeah. after now when this story came out. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, you know, he sent a—he sent me a message. and said, "Hey, I know this is a shot in the dark, but I, you know, me and my brother were a tag team, and 
and we want an opportunity and, and he sent me sort of like a resume and who trained him and all that and it was he, as soon as i saw eric cannon's name pop up that's one of my boys so i, okay. I took him serious and he had a uh, a link to one of their highlight reels and i do something i never do i clicked it and i clicked it and i and within 30 seconds i i saw something i these two young brothers you know coming out in mass and that right away was interesting to me because it was a different aesthetic and then i saw their combinations their tag moves and they were so inventive and innovative and i i i didn't even finish the video i paused it i replied right away and i said let's get you guys on dark and uh, i i sent Christopher Daniels, our head of talent relations, a uh, message. I said, please contact these guys. I want them on dark immediately. And within, I think it was probably the next loop or maybe two loops later, we had those guys come in and Nick and I sat and we told everybody, hey, we're bringing these guys in. They're really good. And everybody watched the monitor. And, uh, you know, what? within the first few minutes, I knew was, these guys have got something. So I think it might have been a week later, I was already telling Tony Khan that I wanted to wrestle them immediately right after the pay-per-view because we sort of knew our plans for that you know we were going to take the titles and we we needed a really fresh match right out of the gate and I told him I think top top flight of the guys and it's just one of those things that it just worked out perfectly and you know we meeting them it was surreal because it was sort of like like you kind of said earlier like meeting our former selves like our younger selves uh, and they're just, they're nice kids. They, they, they listen and they, they, they have this crazy athletic ability. Like Dante has this vertical leap I've never seen in my life. It's incredible. Like, but they're just, they're just so good. And we went out there and when we wrestled, it was like, they, they were these confident veterans almost like the way that they moved and positioned themselves. They, they have something. So we, we, I mean, we immediately told told tony like we got to pick these kids up and and they're officially signed with us now and we're gonna they're gonna be with us full time and i i couldn't be more proud because it's like it's it's like one of those discoveries like i i also did a similar story was when i when i discovered private party i told tony i said these kids give me that same vibe like they yeah. make me feel away they've got something so I enjoy that probably more than anything in, in, that, in my job right now is, is discovering new talent and, and showing the world, you know, putting the spot. You know, you know, it was cool was Matt and I uh, said this was awesome. And, and this is probably the most fulfilling thing we get out of this job is uh, when we told them, hey, uh, you guys got jobs here. And they were like, wait, so we could go quit our grocery store gig like well i work at the grocery store i said not anymore you don't that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that, that is amazing and you know you guys have just been rolling this year i remember we talked right before revolution and the match with kenny and hangman great match there and then you had the great match with ftr and Everyone's talking about that because it's the new thing. It's the coolest thing right now in the moment. And I watched that match back a couple times. And, you know, everyone talked about the build. Maybe it was, wasn't was what everyone thought it would be. But the match delivered when it mattered most. The build delivered and it delivered in the ring. And after four years of hype, and you look back on it, did it deliver in your guys' eyes? Or do you feel like there's a little more there for the taking? Oh, man, I think it more than delivered... Uh because of the settings that we we are in uh having a thousand fans with masks on that are socially distanced in an outdoor building and for them to react so strongly when uh we won the titles that 
it felt special and I haven't had that like feeling from a match in a long time so I knew right away all right this is this is something good and the feedback was great too and you know it was scary though because there's so much high uh I uh, anticipation for that match, so you want to deliver, you know, and you want to deliver a good one. So it's so hard to do it these days because wrestling's so much tougher without the uh, the crazy fans. So, and we all know that it's it's almost harder to watch now because just any sport is though. To be honest, it's not just wrestling. Like I, I, I struggle to watch basketball and yeah. NFL right now because. Just the fans just make a huge difference, and you don't really realize it until you're watching it without fans. So for us to have that match in the circumstances, I, I think I'm even more proud than I would be if it, there was 10,000 people watching in a live arena. Was there any consideration? Two more questions, guys, and thank you so much for the time today. It's really appreciated. And based off of that answer then, was there any consideration to – putting it off, you know, just because, like you said, that matches what the, the world's wanted to see, having ten to 15,000 people maybe gives it a little extra added juice, per se. Was there any thought of pushing it back, or or was this the to- the right time and right place, considering the circumstances? We, we talked about it, but the truth is, nobody knows when the world's going to open up again, yeah. and, you know, because we, we, we suggested that at the very beginning, we got to save this for the fans, but then this thing just keeps getting longer and worse and worse and it's just finally get to a point where like what are we waiting for like we can't we can't just keep waiting and we can't hold back because you know who knows this can go another year and like by the time we finally do it a year later do people even care at that point you know what i mean like so it's just it it was tony's call to finally to to do it because we were even suggesting trying to hold off until until revolution he said nope now's the time to do it we're doing it so and, you know, and, and in retrospect, in hindsight, now he was right because it, it really did work out and it did deliver. Would I be saying the same thing if the match did deliver? I'd probably be, like, pissed off right now. But <laughs> the fact that, the, that we, you know, that the four of us delivered what a lot of people are seeing is a classic. Now it's like I think people will only remember the match for, for that, for a, a love letter to tag team wrestling. And, and you know, you know, the bills maybe could have gone on a little bit longer. We could have, maybe people said it was a little rushed, but again, I don't, I think at the end of the day, nobody's even going to think about that. They're going to, they're just going to think about the match. Like Nick made a great point. Nobody thinks about, you know, when Hogan and rock wrestled, nobody thinks about the fact that, what, what was it? There was a diesel involved and someone got right. hit. Yeah. And, <laughs> Nobody thinks about that. They think about the match they had. And I'm not comparing our match to that match. I'm just saying because they're two different matches. But nobody thinks about the They just think about the delivery of yeah. the match. And, and we, and I think we stuck the landing. Who, now we go to 2021. Because what's next for you guys? You guys have faced, you've had the big match with FTR. You've had the match, the great match with Kenny and Adam. What's next for you guys? Is it main eventing a pay-per-view in 2021? What's the agenda? What's the goal for the Young Bucks with the tag team titles in 2021? Right. You know, I think that's the ultimate goal is to uh, have a main event at a pay-per-view as a tag title match because 
the first day we created AEW, uh, that's what we said. We said tag team wrestling can main event pay-per-views, can, can main event shows. And we're not kidding. We're not joking at all because we feel like our tag division is probably the best division that we have in the company. So uh, I, I can see that for sure. And I, I also would just say to try to make – the tag belts mean as much as we can while we have them. So that, that's our goal for 2021 is to make those titles just a huge priority. Guys, this is always a pleasure. I'm glad we were able to chat for the second time this year. It definitely means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. Get Young Bucks, Killing Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues and all your favorite online retailers and all your bookstores right now. Guys, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the book. Looking forward to the rest of the year, and good luck tomorrow night on Dynamite. Thank you, buddy. All right, thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you to the AEW World Tag Team Champions, and in my mind, the best tag team in the world, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. Catch them every Wednesday on TNT, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. Buy the book. Their book is amazing. I have it on my Kindle. Kindle makes a combat sports reporter's job so much easier when you have to read books, watch documentaries. It's a, the phones and the iPads, the tablets are a blessing. They really are. Because I can't read a book. I can't watch a documentary. I got kids. I can take. I can get away a little bit. I can just get on the iPad. I can late at night, and I can sit and do that. So definitely something you guys should do. Especially like if you're into reading books like that, and if you... You're pressed for time. The Kindle always does wonders because you can go right back to the Kindle, and there you are. Same thing with audiobooks. So definitely make sure you guys do that. This is a busy week. Man, I can't like thinking about the interviews that are going to be on this podcast this week. Clarissa Shields will be in the house. We had that conversation about a week and a half ago. I'm heading in the can. I got some interviews in the can. I want to get these out to you guys. She talks about signing with PFL, when we're going to see her back in the ring, in the boxing ring, when she's going to make her MMA debut, and when, oh when, oh when will Clarissa Shields fight Kayla Harris? And that's something everyone's been talking about as well, who she's going to train with, and a whole lot more. Just found out during the podcast, we're doing an interview with Ring of Honor star Mike Bennett. He returns to the company. Final battle this coming Friday night. Ring of Honor returns for their first pay-per-view since the COVID-19 pandemic rocked the universe. So we'll definitely we'll talk to Mike Bennett. A lot of great stuff will be coming on with Mike. And also we'll have a podcast with UFC rising welterweight contender Jeff Neal. He headlines this coming Saturday night. Man, the UFC competing with Canelo. I was, I'm going to ask Jeff Neal that. You're, kid- you're competing with Canelo. Good gosh. Jeff Neal's got a fantastic story, but he's competing with Canelo. So I'm going to see what... Does Jeff Neal feel he has to talk more, show more bravado? And I like the fact the UFC's airing. And in the U, this is where the UFC... They get a lot of flack, and rightfully so. But they learned this time. They didn't compete with Mike Tyson. They knew better to stay away from Iron Mike. And, oh, man. But that's one of those things to where they get it. They're smart. They're intelligent. If they do that, 
things will be kosher. If they don't, then you know you're kind of looking at a, di- you know, then you're looking at, you know, less fan interest. Ratings are less. So the UFC, the UFC doing a very smart thing here in airing that fight after airing that fight fight card, and then Canelo Alvarez he'll be stepping into the ring at 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right around that time. But you can find this up this podcast with the Young Bucks and all future podcasts, all your favorite podcasting platforms, whether it's Spotify. Uh, iTunes, Castbox, uh, Amazon Music, anywhere you can listen to a podcast, just listen. It's it. These days they make it so so easy. It's disgusting. So make sure iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Castbox. I'm trying to remember where else we are. Wherever Overcast, wherever there's a podcasting platform, we are on there. Make sure you guys download, rate, review, subscribe. It definitely means a lot. Thank you to the Young Bucks. Later on this week, we got Clarissa Shields, Jeff Neal, Mike Bennett from Ring of Honor. And uh, hits will keep on coming, I do promise. Dustin Poirier is coming up in the near future as he'll talk about his fight with Conor McGregor. So a lot of great shit coming up, guys. It really means a lot to me. Rate, review, download, subscribe. Thank you so much. This is Stephen Mielhausen. I'll talk to you next time.